Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of College Football Landscape, the college football podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find us at totalsports247.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. They're my podcast provider. You can listen to archived episodes of all the podcasts that we have across the network. Our account on X is totalsports underscore 247. We're quite active there as well. We also have a newsletter, weekinweekout.substack.com, where we offer exclusive bet recommendations, so you can check that out and please consider subscribing. We are in bowl season, that's right, bowls kick off on Saturday, there's five bowls and we're going to preview every single bowl here on College Football Landscape, not in this episode, mind you, we'll do like little vignettes, really. Uh, every single game will have a dedicated episode to it. And bowl season, to start, I just want to preface, when you're thinking about making bets in bowl season, especially this year, you have to pay attention to who's playing, who's not playing, and what the motivation level is for each team relative to the bowl itself. And I'll give you an example to illustrate what I mean here. It's not the game that we're talking about today. But if we look at a team like Oregon State, right? This is a team that is losing a conference, first of all, next year. They're losing their coach, Jonathan Smith, off to Michigan State. They have DJU in the portal and Aiden Childs, their Highly recruited quarterback from California. I believe the highest, at least quarterback recruit that Oregon State had ever gotten. Uh, He's gone as well. Their interim coach is coaching the bowl game this year. The Sun Bowl is the one they play in for reference against Notre Dame. Their new coach is not even coaching in the game. He has decided to focus on recruiting retention of his current team and other administrative factors that will contribute more to the future success of Oregon State. In their minds, winning or losing this bowl game really has no effect on the program. They're not focusing on it at all. Now, they will go to El Paso and play Notre Dame. Other than that, it's immaterial whether or not they win. So you have to think about teams like that when considering where to place your bets. And then you have to think of the opposite. You know, if you've listened to the network that we are Ole Miss fans here, they care a lot about this bowl. They're not really getting opt-outs for the game that they have to play against Penn State. In fact, they have people like Jackson Dart announcing he's coming back next year. They just had Caden Prescorn, their starting tight end, announce that he is coming back next year. There's still, I think, some hesitation or question around Quinshawn Judkins, the star running back. But either way, bowl wins are very important to the mindset of Ole Miss and what it is they're all about, right? Their program as an identity values bowl wins. Okay, I'm not saying that Oregon State doesn't value bowl wins, but I am saying this year, 
it's not something that is top of mind for them. So consider all that when looking to where you place your bets. And we'll go through that as best we can through each of these episodes that we do for the Bulls themselves. I also want to direct your attention to Matt Jaguski on X. He works for a site called Stochastic.com, who are daily fantasy experts. And he put out a post uh, on the 4th of December And he is tracking all portal movements across not just FCS, or sorry, FBS, but also FCS, and group of five as well as major. He's outlining everything. So a great follow. Again, that's Matt Jaguski uh, on X. Follow him. He has shared this document so that everyone can take a look at it. He's breaking it down by uh, athletes who are in the portal, those who have said that they are certainly not playing in their bowl games, those who are injured. Because another thing to keep in mind too, there could be players who are in the portal who could still play in their bowl games. Okay, It's not 100% for certain that if you're in the portal that you are not going to play in your bowl game. Now, of course, if you are committed to another school, then you're not playing. But there are instances where there will be people who are playing in bowl games who are also in the transfer portal. I don't think it's that high of a percentage. And when we go through these capsules, we will talk about who's in the portal and we're going to lean towards those athletes in the portal not playing. All right, but there will be times where we have information where we absolutely know that someone who was in the portal is still playing. And when we know that information, we will relay that to you. So his account on X is Matt underscore G-A-J-E-W-S-K-I. Again, that's Matt Jaguski. He has shared his uh, tracking of player movement for all the college football bowls for your betting information. So today we're going to preview the first bowl. It is Ohio versus Georgia Southern. And there's a lot to keep track of in this game. This is the first bowl of the season. Georgia Southern is favored minus three and a half at minus 112 on DraftKings. The over under is 49 Georgia Southern on the money line is minus 180. Ohio on the money line is plus 150. This game opened at Ohio minus one and a half. It has moved significantly to the Georgia Southern side because of the opt-outs. Another thing I like to look at as we get going here are team statistics. The reason I like team statistics is because some of that can still manifest itself in bowl games themselves, right? Team statistics tend to illustrate an identity of a team. An identity is not just going to go away because you're missing some players. So I will factor in a lot of these team stats as part of the analysis of each of these games. So again, we've got Ohio and Georgia Southern for our first game. Georgia Southern 6 and 6, Ohio 9 and 3. This game is the Myrtle Beach Bowl 12-16 this Saturday, 11 a.m. on 
ESPN. So let's talk about the game. The main reason this line has moved from Ohio minus one and a half to Ohio plus three and a half is Curtis Rourke. He is the Ohio quarterback who is now in the portal. He's starting to receive some decent offers. Uh, He posted that Indiana has offered him. BYU might be the most notable offer that he's gotten so far. He is a solid, if unspectacular, quarterback who led the Bobcat offense. We did see him go down during the season, and when he did, Ohio did struggle. They also have opt-outs at other skill positions on the offensive side of the ball. O'Shan Allison and Say Bongora, their 1-2 tandem in the backfield, both of them are opting out. Two of their wide receivers, Miles Cross and Tyler Walton, are also in the portal. All right, so again, five top-level skill position players for Ohio are out of this game. But to put this in perspective a little bit, this Ohio offense is not something to write home about anyway. They were 94th in points per game for the year. They were 72nd in passing and 94th in rushing. So a mediocre offense in the MAC, right? So you think about the defenses that they're playing for most of the season. This is an offense that basically tries to not lose the game, right? Not as extreme, say, as what Iowa puts out on the field. Certainly not to that degree. But Ohio is going to win games with their defense. And when we look at their defense, they were sixth in points allowed per game overall in FBS. They were sixth in passing yards allowed and 10th in rushing. And this passing yards allowed per game is quite significant considering the opponent. The committee did a really nice job pitting these two teams against each other given their contrast and styles. Georgia Southern is a pass-happy offense led by uh, Clay Helton is the head coach. And their quarterback is certainly a gun slinger. He is uh, Davis Brin, who has allowed 16 interceptions on the season, but he did accumulate 3,400 yards and 22 touchdowns as well. So a little bit, I don't know if it's necessarily high risk, but he, maybe he can be a little bit casual with the ball with those 16 interceptions that he threw during the year. And uh, he is playing in this game. Georgia Southern, to my knowledge, has no significant transfer porter entries. So they'll be essentially fully staffed, so to speak, for this one. Uh, Davis Brent has a really good receiving duo to throw to in this game. Kalen Hood and Derwin Burgess are their two leading receivers. They combined for 10 touchdowns and 1,600 yards on the season. They also accumulated 162 catches as a duo. So obviously the top two. And again, Georgia Southern is a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. They don't run nearly as much maybe as they could. They have two pretty good running backs in Jalen White and O.J. Arnold. Jalen White went for just about 900 yards and nine touchdowns, averaging 5.6 yards a touch. And then O.J. Arnold, his backup, 400 yards, 5.8 yards a touch. So they showed that at least with those two running backs that they can 
run the ball. It's just that their identity is a passing offense. And for reference, they ranked 103rd in total rushing yards per game. All right. But they ranked 11th in total passing yards per game. So that's what they do identity wise. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to throw it all over the field. And that's why this matchup is so interesting because of the way Ohio defends the pass. So the keys to Georgia Southern's game here will be the play of quarterback Bryn. Can he limit the interceptions that plagued him throughout the year? He threw 16 and they turned the ball over 21 times as a team. So that's going to be crucial for Georgia Southern to limit and really contain their offense a little bit and take what they can get, what Miami's giving them uh, uh, defensively, and be a little bit more methodical. I think that will be the way to beat this Ohio team because on the flip side, they shouldn't be able to threaten you too much with what they are trotting out there on offense. But (laughs) Georgia Southern's defense is bad. They were 119th in passing yards allowed per game, 103rd in total rushing yards per game. The main question, though, is who is Ohio going to trot out there for personnel? Now, this is really interesting to me, and I think this is something that, uh, from the research that I've done, people aren't really talking about. They're basically talking about the fact that Curtis Work is not playing. What people are not talking about is who is playing for Ohio, and that is quarterback Parker Navarro. Now, he is a former three-star from Phoenix area, and uh, he came into FBS via UCF, and he had a reputation as a bit of a runner-slash-playmaker when he was at UCF. He got very little playing time while he was at at UCF, but get this, looking at his very limited stats, right? When he was at UCF in 2021, they used him in the rushing game seven times and he scored three touchdowns. He had seven carries in 2021 for UCF and he scored three times. He is somebody who can run. That's not something that Curtis Rourke typically brings to this Ohio offense. He had 219 rushing yards on the game. So I wonder if Ohio, it being a bowl game, if they kind of open up their playbook a little bit and see if Navarro can do something with his legs in this one and have him really be the focal point of this offense, right? Their first two running backs are out. They'll likely, I think, they'll likely go with the uh, former three-star running back who hasn't really gotten too many touches this year, only six, that's Ricky Hunt. He was a former top 75 running back in the class of 2023. It's my guess that he will be the one that gets a lion's share of the carries in this one for Ohio. They do have a uh, weapon, Sam Wuggles, still uh, available for this game. He had 51 catches on the year. Uh, tight end Will Kilmerick as far as I know, is also available for this game. He had 22 receptions on the season. So despite all of their opt-outs on the offensive side of the ball, I'm very intrigued by what they have playing in this game. So that's a storyline to watch, of course. The play of 
a quarterback Navarro. Again, against the Georgia Southern defense, you might look at Georgia Southern's defense, right, especially at the individual statistic level and see all these pass deflections and all these sacks and uh, all of these tackles. It's because everybody can throw on them. That's why. You look at their, their defense, they had 55 pass breakups as a unit, but that's because everybody was passing on them. So you have to think of those statistics that they accumulated throughout the season sort of within the context of what they're good at and what they're not good at, right? Of course, you're going to have more pass deflections when you have more passes. Um, They are led by a very good linebacker in Marquise Watson-Trent, who did have uh, 111 total tackles and three and a half sacks on the year. So he is good anchoring that defense. But again, uh, probably out of the four units, I think the Georgia Southern defense is the weakest of the four, even against Ohio State's offense. So the storylines to watch in this game are, one, how does Georgia Southern's defense stack up against this um, cast of characters, really, for Ohio, a lot of their backups? And uh, what do they focus on to stop? My guess is that they go all in on Navarro and see what happens. Second, how dynamic is this Georgia Southern offense going to be against one of the best pass defenses in the country? The only opt-out from what I can see on the defensive side of the ball for Ohio is linebacker Key Thompson. Now, he is a very good player, but with everyone else seemingly in this game, the strength of Ohio is still playing, if that makes sense, right? Uh, You know, the line movement occurred because a lot of these offensive opt-outs, because of a lot of these offensive opt-outs. But it may be overcorrected because the defense was the strength of this team. And except for Thompson, they're all playing. So something to watch there as well. So let's get to the recommendation. You may guess I'm going to go with Ohio here. I'm going to go with them on the money line at plus 150. I'm excited to see what Navarro can do. Like I said, I think he brings a little bit of a different dynamic to this Ohio offense with his legs. And I think they might want to rely on him to run the ball, given their opt-outs on offense. And the fact that their defense is still intact, I think is a a key part of this game. On the other side with Georgia Southern... I just think their vulnerability to turning the ball over is something that Ohio can take advantage of. And I think their defense is just, it's just weak. It's really weak. And even if Miami has their backups, it's not as, or sorry, Ohio has their backups. It's not as if Ohio isn't talented. And so that's the play that we're going to go with. Ohio plus 150. Looking at the line of, or sorry, the over-under of 49, we're going to go with the under as well. So if we were to parlay those two right now on DraftKings, you would get a parlay odds of plus 377. So a $10 bet would pay out 47.72. That's going to be our first recommendation in bowl season. Ohio plus 150 on the money line, and the under 49 at minus 110. I will say, if you listen to this and say you disagree with me, right, and you like Georgia Southern, 
my recommendation, and I'm not fully recommending this, would be to take the over, though. Because I have to assume that Ohio is going to score some points even with their backups because this defense for Georgia Southern is so bad. Georgia Southern, if you like them, they're going to need to score some points. And so that would be my recommendation on the flip side, if that's your preference. But that is not the preference of college football landscape. Our preference, again, to reiterate, Ohio money line plus 150, under 49 at minus 110. Two pick parlay there is plus 377. That's going to be our first recommendation of bowl season. So that does it for this episode of college football landscape. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned to your podcast feeds wherever you listen to us, be it Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon, Apple, Podbean, whoever it is. You will see these capsules coming in game by game throughout bowl season. This is just the first of 40 plus episodes to come. Next up will be the second bowl of the season and that's the second bowl on saturday that bowl pits jacksonville state and let me get the second pick sorry the second team there that game pits jacksonville state who had a very good season right under uh rich rodriguez as head coach first year in fbs just a a great story there in uh, the great state of Alabama, Jacksonville State and Louisiana Lafayette. That will be the second game that we preview here on the network. So stay tuned for that in your podcast feed. This has been College Football Landscape, the college football podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 network. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned all week to the network for more episodes.